Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas introducing Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that will inspire you to take control of your career and your life. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, career management coach and author of Navigating Career Crossroads. Be prepared to ignite. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. Welcome back to my careers podcast, where I find out about the career paths of successful professionals and entrepreneurs. Now, today, I'm delighted to have with me on the show, Penny Webb. Penny is a freelance writer and editor. She writes features, profile pieces, and travel articles for a number of publications and edits The Hills and Hawkesbury Independent magazines. She also runs a travel podcast called The Suburban Gypsy, which is all about inspiring people to experience the world through travel, regardless of their life circumstances. Her work has been published in Peekaboo magazine, Out and About with Kids, and Child magazines. She won an international award at the Parenting Media Association Awards in Baltimore, USA, this this March 2015, where her writing was described as journalism with a smile. This year, she traveled to the Cook Islands, Tasmania, Fiji, and China. And next year, Iceland and Italy are on the cards. This is a lucky lady. So welcome, Penny, to the show. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I've been really looking forward to talking to you because I think you've got lots of interesting and fun things to tell us, not only about your career journey, but also all about the uh, Suburban Gypsy podcast too. So how about to kick us off, tell us a little bit about you in the early days. Were you always keen on journalism or was there something else? No, I went to, um, at the very beginning, I started with hotel management and hospitality. Um, In my teens, I wanted to, I just loved the idea of working in a five-star environment. I used to go on little trips with one of my um, girlfriends into the city and we'd have morning tea at the Four Seasons Hotel and we'd have lunch at the Intercontinental. We'd save up our money, our money, I used to work in a chicken shop and I'd save up my money. (laughs) 
and go to all these beautiful, beautiful hotels. And I always loved walking into these five-star lobbies, you know, the beautiful big lobbies and it's marble and it's just gorgeous. And so I was keen to get into hotel management and hospitality. Travel was always in the background around that. I thought that hotels and hospitality management would be a great way to travel, and it was. Um, what I didn't realise at the time is that the back of house of hotels looks very different to the front of house. So I wasn't exactly surrounded by all that marble and opulence all the time. It's a lot of concrete and stainless steel in the in the back end of the um, hotel. So that's what I did. I got a university degree in hotel management and worked in the um, hotel environment for uh, a number of years. I travelled, I went overseas in my 20s for five years and worked um, for Forte Hotels, Intercontinental in Scotland. I worked in Spain um, for a repping company there. Um, I worked on the QE2 for a couple of years. Um, it was a fantastic way to see the world. And then I came back to Sydney and shifted across to event production, working within hotels um, and running corporate events within hotels. Um, and then I'm from there, I moved across to the training side of things, um, still with my feet dipped into events and uh, teaching, and then ended back up into corporate events again um, until I made um, a bit of a shift. Mm, what a fascinating journey. That's incredible. Before, I, there's so many questions I want to ask you about everything. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But what really captured my attention was working on the QE2 for a few years. Yes. So traveling the world on a cruise liner, what yes. was that like? What were you doing? I was waitressing and mm. I ended up as a supervisor in one of the restaurants. So the restaurant that I worked in was called the Mauritania um, and it would seat 550 people for a lunch or a dinner sitting. And the Mauritania restaurant was actually the only restaurant on the ship where we would have a double seating. So we'd have um, passengers come in at 5.45 and we would have to have them fed and watered and on their way by 8.30 um, to have the next round of passengers come in, the next 550 passengers come in for an 8.30 dinner as well. So it was really hard work. We never had a day off. You had what was called a watch-off, which was either a breakfast or a lunch. And even then, that was pretty rare. And it was if we were in a port where we knew, for example, like Bermuda, where a lot of the passengers would be out and about during the day and not coming back to the ship to eat lunch. But we worked every single dinner um, and most breakfasts as well. So really hard work, but a fantastic way to see the world. And one of the best things about it was we did a three-month contract, so I would work pretty much every day for three months, and then you would have a month off. So what I found was handy with working on the ship and living on the ship was I'd see all these fabulous ports and I'd go, mm, okay, this would be a good one to come back to in my leave or no, glad I didn't spend money flying here. This is not a great port. I don't really like the, the look of this place. And then in my month off, I'd grab my backpack and go and travel sometimes with friends from the ship sometimes with other friends, sometimes by myself. So it was a really good way to see the world. This must have been when you got your, your massive travel bug and maybe that was when the seed was planted for the Suburban Gypsy podcast. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was living in Scotland um, before I moved on to the QE2. Well, I did. I lived on the ship. So before I moved <laughs> on to the QE2 um, and we um, had a great job. I had a great job in Scotland. I was working for Intercontinental Hotels and loved being in Edinburgh. It was a beautiful spot. Um, but I had left Australia to travel and I'd found, well, we I've got a job and I've been here for six to nine months and this isn't 
traveling. Um, so I thought, well, what will allow me to travel? And being an air steward was one. Um, and then I saw an ad for cruise ship staff. I thought, great, that's that's going to be it. So that definitely planted the seed. I've always loved travel, always loved looking at travel brochures when I was a kid. <laughs> I used mm-hmm. to get travel brochures or if mum brought some home, I would love flipping through the glossy pages um, of a travel brochure and I'd cut them out, I'd stick them into scrapbooks. Um, actually, that just came to me then. I'd forgotten mm-hmm. all about that. <laughs> so I've always been a bit of a gypsy, easy, gypsy blood running through these veins for sure. Oh, and it must you must have met some of the most fascinating people as well in the hotels because they would be travellers coming in and then you travelling yourself. I mean, yep. it's just an amazing journey. And then you, I'm, I'm just pulling out all of the transferable skills that you will have developed over the years as well with customer service, your organisational skills, especially with, you know, like the, the time management skills mm-hmm. as well when you're at the restaurant um, and just having to juggle so much as well as being able to probably negotiate your way through some tricky experiences, you know, during your travels as well. What was, what was the most fun experience that you've had? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, Look, I know this doesn't sound fun, but we hit the back end of a hurricane um, Mm. on the QE2 in between New York (laughs) and Bermuda. Not fun at all. (laughs) (laughs) But, gee, it makes you feel alive when when nature dictates how or what's going to happen. I was just fascinated with, number one, how passengers dealt with it. Some of them were so determined to still get themselves to the buffet and get their, well, free food, not free food, but, you know, get their lunch. Um, But I, it got to the point where we basically had to close nearly all of the restaurants down and um, just do room service. But I was rostered on to one of the other restaurants every now and then you had to work in the Lido, it was called, which is at the back of the ship. And I remember just standing at the back of the ship holding onto a pole because you couldn't walk anywhere because <laughs> it was mm. um, so up and down. And it was um, it, it's what you call an old sea where you're not only going up and down, you're also rolling side to side. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and I remember just hanging on to the column. I wasn't scared at all. And I was just watching that sea and just going, wow. That, I mean, the, the ocean is amazing anyway. I've always loved water. But seeing Mother Nature at her finest, that that was kind of fun watching mm. that. Um, other things certainly around working on the ship was, you know, um, having dolphins and pods of whales come along um, and swim along with you on the ship and watching that. Um, other th- fun things would be, gosh, Barbados one night, um, Florida, Fort Lauderdale the next. You know, the best thing about it was just waking up in a different port every single day. It was amazing. You know, Penny, your sense of fun is slightly different from my (laughs) sense of fun. Just you talking about the hurricane has brought back these memories now. Probably being on a large cruise liner and having the the rolling and the up and down and the sight, all that horrible stuff you were saying was one thing. But I remember I was once out on the Sydney Harbour for the Sydney Hobart Yacht Race on Boxing Day. And we went out there and it was just a little boat with some friends and the weather turned. Um, and it was it was unbelievable because on a little boat when you're being tossed and turned and the water's splashing in your face. And I remember my husband was saying, isn't this great? Because he loves sailing. Isn't this great? Isn't this great? And I was thinking, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I understand your husband. There's oh, something about having that 
thrown up in your face that yeah. really makes you feel alive and yes it is, it is great I understand where he's coming from there I'm very happy just to open the car window and have the wind <laughs> in my face that's quite enough okay back to you so and then how wonderful you know waking up and seeing dolphins swimming alongside the boat and a new country in each anyone what is it? A, a new city every port a new city or whatever that that saying is yeah amazing so that was the fun side of things what did you find most challenging about anything that you were doing during those days? I think it was definitely the hard work. And Mm. certainly when I was overseas, um, you're away from your family and your friends. When you're in your early 20s, um, I was away from age 21 to 26, it would have been. um, It's you're out and about and seeing the world and you're grabbing all these opportunities. But there was still, you know, I didn't have my mom with me. I didn't have my dad with me. And I had a very close bunch of girlfriends and still do. And I miss them a lot. So being away from family and friends, um, when things got a bit tough and not having them on the end, things were different back then in the 90s. Um, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't, we had the internet, but it wasn't overly um, functional. <laughs> um, certainly wasn't as, as accessible as it is now. So being away from that little support, your nucleus, your family and your friends, your local nucleus, that was one of the, the most difficult things. Money was always an issue for me because I would spend it on traveling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as soon as I had it, I would spend it on flight tickets, accommodation or going to my next um, destination. Um, and the other thing would be um, sometimes be, well, being alone, um, sometimes I would be in a city and I'd be all by myself and something might be a bit tough and I would have to deal with it myself. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I found that difficult sometimes. And that's why things like working on the QE2 or um, working in Spain was great because you were with a group of people all the time. Mm. You would have developed a huge amount of resilience as well, you know, being on your own and then experiencing lots of challenges, always being somewhere new and different and having to be quite innovative and inventive as to how you react to certain situations. I don't know if it's the folly of youth um, Mm. or just complete naivety because um, certainly now in my early 40s, I would not have put myself in in (laughs) quite a few of those positions that I was in. And I think there was a level of being naive about Mm. what could go wrong, Um, which, of course, as we get older, we understand that um, we're a little bit more understanding what consequences are, whereas when you're younger, you you have no idea, which is great, but can also be dangerous at times too. Well, I remember when I was in my early teens, well, in my mid-teens and early 20s, I was invincible. Yes. Absolutely right. You put yourself into some pretty silly situations sometimes, but we're just lucky to be able to tell the story. Yes, absolutely. Now, I'm curious. So with this, you know, hospitality, hotel management, travel, events production, doing the corporate events, how did you end up becoming a writer and editor? So with corporate events, um, we worked on a strategic level with our clients. So we would create content for the event. So create a show as such. Um, So there might be script writing involved in that, blocking um, a show, um, writing the opening comments for it. So I would get involved in that side of things and always found I had a little bit of a um, an affinity for that. And also I worked, um, when I had my children, um, I worked, I moved across to the training department of the event production company I worked for. So I started writing 
training books and PowerPoints and training programs for event managers within the business and found that that came to me quite easily. Now, I've always loved writing. Um, When I was tiny, tiny little, probably kindergarten, first class, I do remember wanting to be a writer way back then before hotels took over. So, and I'd always written, I have always written in journals um, and really enjoyed that side of things. So, that sort of shifted me across. And when I was training and teaching, I, I taught at the International College of Management um, at Sydney in Manly Beach as well. I really loved that creative element to the teaching. Um, and that's where it sort of started to rear its, and I won't say ugly head, it started to rear its beautiful head to me. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay, this is, I really enjoy the writing side of things. So that's when it started to, to head that way. And so did you transition out of hospitality straight into freelance writing or was there a, a, a few changes before then? I had moved across to working for an agency in Bondi, still in event production and corporate events, and I was managing a, a big IT company, um, their corporate side of things for the agent, the corporate event side of things for the agency. And as quite often happens, there was a few life crises in that whole period, um, a few family things that happened, um, some health issues, and it was um, that time where you get a bit of perspective on everything. And I sat back and I thought, I am in events because I'm good at it, not because I love it. What do I want to do? I had just turned 40 and you sort of get to a point where you mm-hmm. kind of go, mm, this is a big number, 40. Mm-hmm. I might want to change things. Do I want to be in events for the next 20 years? I said no to myself. What do you want to do? I want to write. Okay, let's make this happen. How can we make this happen? Um, so I actually took a leap of faith. Now, by that time, I had already started dabbling a little bit and had was writing articles for the Hawkesbury Independent, which is a, a lovely magazine. It's a nice distribution, actually. It's 21,000 in the mm-hmm. Hawkesbury area in Sydney mm-hmm. um, and had been writing articles for them for a couple of years. And I was also working um, with child magazines and was helping them with their Make My Life More page, um, which is Sydney child, Sydney's Child, Melbourne's Child, etc. So I had started to dabble. Um, and in May 2014, I jumped off the cliff and went, okay, I'm going to focus on being a writer now. And I resigned from my corporate events job. Um, I signed up for the Australian Writers Centre uh, course on being a freelance writer and I asked the um, at the time the editor of the Hawkesbury Independent um, if I could do some more articles um, and I also fell back onto my business writing, my professional writing and I started ghost blogging for small businesses and that's what helped Fascinating and, and so now this is your full-time job. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. So um, what I found in the 18 months since I made the career change is that things will land if you make space for them. So what I was doing, I was doing the ghost blogging and the copywriting. I was managing social media for some businesses. I was also writing newsletters for businesses. But it, it isn't what I love doing. I love writing articles and um, submitting those and and pitching them and and then getting them published. Um, And I also love the editing side of things and 
managing editorial of of different things. I really love that side. It must be the planner organizer that's in me left over from the event side of things. Mm. So I got really tough with myself after the first six months, six to nine months. I went, okay, well, this is going along okay. I'm picking up some more writing work, but I'm focusing you now more so on the business side and it's not the area that I want to go into. So I gradually stepped away from that and had some beautiful clients and we've, we, the breaking up of our relationships, so to speak, were actually beautiful and amiable and um, worked really well for them at the time and also worked really well for me. Some of it happened organically and some of it I instigated as well. And when I made space for that, the other things started to be appear. I had more mm. time to focus on my writing. Um, I wrote more articles for the Hawkesbury Independent. Um, in July this year, the we published the very first Hills Independent magazine um, with myself as the editor. Um, and now I've taken over control of, or editorial control of the Hawkesbury Independent as well. And it's just because there was space there more mm-hmm. than anything. That's what made the difference. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? As soon as you do take a step back and reassess what's most important and what's enjoyable, because so often when we're so busy working in our business, we really forget about the fun stuff. And it ends up being more administrative or more to do with, you know, like business building rather than doing what you enjoy. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of what you really enjoy now and you won an international award. So tell me about the Parenting Media Association Awards in Baltimore. So that came through Child Magazines. Mm -hmm. Um, So the editor of Child Magazines, uh, Karen, um, entered the page that I write for mm-hmm. them, which is the Make My Life More page. Um, so it's the only page in the magazine that is for parents and it has nothing to do with kids. And it's it's tips and ideas on how to make a parent's life more fun, organised and enjoyable. Um, so I really love putting the, that page together. And I've met some fantastic people, um, got in contact with some fantastic people doing that. So they put it forward to this particular awards um, group organization um, and they put a couple of other things that um, child magazines had, had done as well design um, front covers I think they won a front cover silver as well so and then it ended up um, getting a nod which was really nice and I just <laughs> love the way they described it journalism with a smile because that was exactly what I wanted the parents or the mums who were sitting down reading Sydney's child or Brisbane's child or whichever um, issue they were reading, I always wanted them to read my page and smile and go, oh, this is good information. Oh, I'm going to try that. That sounds good. Um, and so that has obviously come through the page and popped out in Baltimore somewhere <laughs> as an award. <laughs> Baltimore, Maryland. Love it. By coincidence, that's where my brother lives. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, it, it was an unusual place for mm-hmm. it to, to have the awards ceremony. <laughs> it's not exactly exotic, but hey, I'll take it. Oh, no. Baltimore is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And I love journalism with a smile. That yes. really describes you to a T because, you know, I, I can just, you know, I can hear you smiling you know, mm-hmm. while while we're going going through this podcast interview as Thank well. You. Interesting that, that you mentioned the Australian Writers Centre. Valerie Coos, one of my yes. podcast interviewees as well. Uh, look, Valerie and Alison mm-hmm. uh, Tate, um, mm-hmm. big influences on my writing career. And it's one of the tips that I was including for um, for down the track mm-hmm. in the interview for people who want to go and, and do writing. Mm-hmm. Courses, uh, the Australian Writers Centre have got fantastic courses. I've just finished another one with them. Um, and the more so the um, connections that you get 
um, from doing those courses. The network is is incredible. Um, I love I love what Valerie does, mm. and I love the standards that the Australian Writers Centre have. Um, yet they've still got so much personality. It's a strong brand, but a beautiful brand with personality, and it's just full of solutions and assistance for writers. And um, yeah, great mm. great thing that she's created. Yeah, and Valerie and Alison have got their own podcast too. So you want to be a writer, which, which is which is a good one avid listener I love it it. Um, and one of my goals and I'll do my um, crazy vision board for 2016 in a couple of weeks time but I one of the goals is to be interviewed by Alison or Valerie for their podcast I would just love we're putting it out there we're putting putting it it out out there there. Valerie I hope you're listening (laughs) I just want to be at that level where the two of them would say oh who should we who should we interview next oh that Penny Webb she's doing stuff let's go and speak to her that would be fantastic and and she's fun and she's really interesting so there you (laughs) go yeah so Val and if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) you've thrown down the gauntlet now moving on to podcasts Suburban Gypsy Travel Podcast. Tell us about this because this this really sounds fascinating. And that's a great segue, isn't it? We didn't mm. even plan it that way, Jane. No, no. Um, Suburban Gypsy Travel Podcast is brand new. It's literally just launched a, a, a week or two ago. I've got a number of episodes that um, we're looking to publish this week too. So it came about um, because I'm once again, with my writing, I've become a little bit more focused on the travel writing side of things um, because I am lucky enough to travel so much and because it's something that I want to do for the rest of my life. As we mentioned at the top when you were saying at the bio, mm. um, you know, I, I do get to travel a lot and I want to make it worth my while and want to include it in my writing career. I want to raise my profile as a travel writer. I've got a few things published from a travel writing perspective, um, but previously I've been focusing on parenting and, and general news. So this is a way to transition me and raise my profile as a travel writer um, within the industry. And also um, one of the skills that I have is um, whether it's from my event days or the communication skills I could have picked up while I was traveling is um, is interviewing people hmm. and getting some great information out of them. Um, so Suburban Travel Gypsy Podcast is is about inspiring people to knock down those barriers that so many people put up, oh, I'd love to go to Italy, they say, but I can't do it at the moment. I've got young kids. Um, We just don't have enough money or my career just won't allow me to take a month off at the moment. You know, I can't because of my job. I can't because Christmas is coming up. I can't because we've got this happening. I can't, I can't, I can't. Now, I've heard so many people say this around me and then I was sitting down one day a couple of months ago and it was just after I'd, I'd got back from China. So I spent a week in China by myself. I, I left the husband and the kids at home um, and felt a little bit guilty about that, but had an amazing time there. And I thought, so many people put these barriers up. I want to break them down. Mm. I want to encourage people who have always got that travel bug in them, but have been a little bit squashed down by the circumstances of life and think they can't travel until they retire. You know, and I really want to get everybody um, thinking twice about that mentality and encouraging them to, regardless of circumstance, travel, whether it's up to the mountains for a weekend or, you know, if you're lucky enough to go overseas or if it's getting in a, in a caravan and going up the east coast of, of Australia, um, it's it's getting people to think twice that they can't do 
They can't travel because of A, B, C, and D. Now, I just was speaking to, I got a message from a, a listener this morning, actually. She's just spent a week by herself or with a group, but, you know, she left her life behind. She's a mother of four and she's got a part-time job with a family business and is also a photographer. Mm -hmm. She's just spent a week in the high country of Victoria mustering cattle. Oh, fantastic. And it's something she just wouldn't have even comprehended doing a year ago and Mm -hmm. she is just loving it. She's sending me through her photos. We'll share them on the um, Mm suburbangypsypodcast.com website. So it's that sort of thing, encouraging people to do that. And we're speaking to people who have travelled, who've lived overseas and giving people some fantastic um, tips and um, ideas, insider secrets about certain destinations. And it's really just to get the gypsy blood flowing within these people, these listeners who who have those barriers up, um, just want to break them down and change that mindset for them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So often we we always put off, you know, the the me time, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking, oh, you know, this is more important or that's more important. And a little bit like when I'm coaching my clients as well, I say, who's the most important person in your life? And they usually, you know, say their families or their children or, you know, and all these other people. But really, the most important person is yourself. And in order to feed your soul, you have to do what you really yearn for and hope for. And I, I know that for so many people that I know, myself included, travel is a big deal. It's it's a wonderful thing. And, and just being able to experience the different cultures. I remember, actually, I'll, I'll share with you because you love the travel so much. When I was 17 years old, I was living in Hong Kong and I hadn't been out of the country for quite a few years, mainly because of, you know, financial situation because my father had passed away. But um, I did um, a lot of part time work and I saved up my money and I saved up my money and I begged my mum for a bit more money as well. And I I, um, went to America for two months. And with a friend, we drove around um, America in an old beat up car that cost 200 US dollars. This is back in, you know, the late 1970s. (laughs) Um, And it was it was such an incredible experience to not really have um, a lot of time limitations, but just drive and stop where you wanted to and look at what you wanted to stay as long as you like. And it was amazing because it was America, but every place that we went to within America had a slightly different culture as well. And, And I always think of that as being the most free and exciting and fun time that I've had, even though I've done a fair amount of travel. Uh, over the years, it was that two month period. And I've never had um, a holiday as long as that ever again. And I really would love to. And now that you've mentioned it, I'm not going to put it off any longer. Penny, <laughs> Good. I'm going to go, I'm going to go listen to your suburban gypsy podcast <laughs> and get even more inspired and plan 2016. Where do I want to go? Now, I notice in my intro, Iceland and Italy are mm. on the cards. Yes. Hmm. So tell me a bit about that. So Iceland, I'm going to, on a yoga retreat mm-hmm. uh, in March um, with the travel yogi. So if anybody who's into the yoga, meditation, spiritual side of things, which I am, um, I thoroughly recommend the travel yogi. It's, a, it's basically a travel agency for yoga retreats across the world. Um, some fantastic retreats. And one of the podcasts that I listen to is called Soul Feed. And it's run by these two gentlemen in New York, Alex and Shannon. Shannon is a yoga teacher and he is running this particular retreat in Iceland. So I'm heading across there in March to spend a week with um, that group. 
um, see the Northern Lights. Um, and I've been to Iceland before, actually, and loved it. it was, it's an incredible place. So, And, of course, it's going to provide so much fodder for hopefully um, travel articles that I can get published um, on my return. Um, and Italy is a family holiday that is being planned um, for our winter, the European summer. So that's in the works right now. And, um, yeah, looking to get a villa there for a couple of weeks and, yeah, show the kids Italy because that's such a beautiful place as well. Oh, that's going to be amazing. I, I love Italy. And actually, mm. interesting you mentioned the Northern Lights. That I think that's going to be so amazing. I went to university in Minnesota and being up north there, we got the Northern Lights as well. It was it was just wow. stunning. It, it was I, it was almost like watching UFOs or something. I mean, the colours are amazing. But I think for you being in Iceland... Um, and so much further north, it's they're going to be unbelievable. Lucky, I, I can't so. wait to see your photos. It's mm. going to be great. Yep. So tell us now, people I'm sure will want to find out more about you. So tell us where can we find you, Penny? So the best place to find me is via the website. Well, there's two websites. There's um, pennyweb.com.au, which is also linked to suburbangypsypodcast.com. So if you type either of those into the um, URL, you will get to that. And you can also find me on Facebook um, underneath uh, Suburban Gypsy Podcast. And that's a really good place to go and, and get up to date on whenever we upload new episodes, etc. Or you can go to iTunes and um, subscribe, search for Suburban Gypsy Podcast and subscribe. And I'm also, I've got a professional writers page, um, Penny Web Writer um, on Facebook as well. And you find me across Instagram and Twitter as Penny Web Writer too. Penny web writer, we will find you. <laughs> also, all of these links will be on my show notes on my website at janejacksoncoach.com. And I highly recommend going to suburbangypsypodcast.com and listening in. And I know I'm going to hop onto it as soon as we finish this and, and <laughs> listen to your, your first few episodes. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah, great. Yeah. And it's just it's just growing. So we've got episode one up. So the next one's going up this week, actually, and episode three the week after. So it's building. So come along at the beginning so you can be there and, and watch us grow from the very beginning. Mm. And I'm sure on all of your Instagram photos, it's going to be travel and excitement and food and northern lights and Italian castles and all sorts of things. Interspersed with kids going to school, that sort of thing. Okay, well, makes it more real, doesn't it? <laughs> we, it's besides the reason travel, we have why to have a it's life. So important to travel. <laughs> Penny, what are your top three tips for success? The first one would be learn and capture as much knowledge as you possibly can. The Australian Writers' Course um, courses. Uh, sorry, the Australian Writers Centre courses that I did were so fantastic and um, just gave me so much knowledge and confidence to move ahead with this career path. That would be number one. Number two would be um, create a network or get involved in networks in the industry that you want to transition into. So I've become a member of a number of Facebook groups where a lot of writers are in there. We talk about who's the editor at such and such now, has anyone pitched to here? And it's really useful, um, a really useful network to get involved in because a lot of the time you're working from home, especially as a writer, um, a lot of us work from home, work remotely. We don't go into an office. So having a lovely supportive network online is a, a really good thing to, um, to have. And then the third thing as well, I would say just believe in abundance. Believe that... A lot of people don't make the step or change 
into a career because they think that they will never earn as much as they have or are in their current job, but you've got to make space for it. Um, if you believe that if you're on the right path, abundance will present itself to you. It, it absolutely will. It's just taking the step and trusting that it's the right step for you um, and living the path living the life that you want to live as opposed to the life that you think you should be living. Just trust that it's the right way forward um, and trust, believe in abundance. The universe will be there for you, for mm. sure. I absolutely agree. One of my favourite sayings is believe in yourself and create magic. It's been so, so good talking to you, Penny, and I'm really fortunate to have met you Thank and, you, um, you know, just been able to have the opportunity to have a chat with you. And also, would you be keen to come back again and tell us all about Iceland and Italy later in the year next year? I would love to. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And we've been listening to Penny Webb, writer and editor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step -step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.